0: Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast. This yeah. is episode two. You've made it through the week. Come on in, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and enjoy. Welcome. Welcome. Also, side note, my kitten, Tundra, wanted to add their own little personal touch to the intro. So they jumped up on the keyboard and they started typing it up just for you guys. So let me see if I can... <laughs> do this for you as me. originally intended <laughs> 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 suddenly non-euclidean
1: space erupts behind Adam and <laughs> Timbalos rips through his reality and it's the cat's fault it's the
2: cat's <laughs> fault like, uh,
3: this is suddenly a Call of Cthulhu game uh, it's like playing E minor a, over just and over a again a hard
0: turn to horror <laughs> <laughs> and th- since this cat just absolutely loves attacking my feet, like the runic symbols and stuff will be drawn in my blood. So this will this will be a monster of my own creation.
2: Hmm. See, I, I somewhat expected you to actually type something out for the cat, just knowing how much you love animals. But I'm like, nah, that would have been
1: <laughs> Or like a screen cap share with like exhibit A.
2: Yes, cat. your cat yeah, literally trying right? to do this with the keyboard.
0: Yeah, maybe for you, the video version when I do the like the noise of it, I'll just put across the screen.
3: Just like expanding you, you, out. You know that now that you've disclosed that you have a cat, you are obliged to post pictures, mm. um, <laughs> which will be on the Emergency Power Network Twitter. Uh, at emergency <laughs> PWR pod.
1: Oh, Adam me didn't in. know this yet, but now no, he has a to. cute little paw it cannot possibly be an eldritch horror. No, no,
0: no. it monkey? would never. There's no blood on that white fur. Uh, oh, it's a white cat. Yeah. It is a like startlingly white cat, but has mm. this like little patch of black just like right on the oh. head. Oh, it's great. really cute. It's just you know what.
1: Oh, there we go.
3: Oh, I have the cat.
0: That's
4: what
1: our viewers came to see. Oh, it's like a little charcoal (laughs) smudge. Yeah. It's adorable.
0: Thank you for your contributing to the podcast, Tundra. I love you. And now I have white, just literally all of them. Cool.
1: That will be our most popular
0: (laughs) guest star ever. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to, like, introduce him as an actual character. Just, like, hold him up in the screen in front of me and just
3: be like, (laughs)
4: Let's
3: do it. I'm so down
2: for that. Tundra is a pretty good, like, you know, evil boss name. But, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) So, uh,
3: Adam, you got to tell me, because we play in another game. We do. And you have another pet in that game named Tundra. Is there a connection there? What are you... What?
0: <laughs> yeah, so... I'm in this campaign with Jeff, and we're kind of trading off as DM. He runs, like, one team, I run another, and they're just in the same universe. And I play a android who is also, like, he's got a wolf head, and so he's, he's a like... Blockin', a Vlocken. A uh, thank yeah. you very much. Um, but... He also has love for one of the most adorable creatures in Starfinder, which is the Squawks, which is a squirrel fox mm. put together. And Thanks. he has this jacket that inside of it has the, like a carrier for Tundra the Squawks. So when we Wait. went to get a second cat, because we have a first cat, which is a black cat, we wanted a white cat to kind of like compliment them
2: the yin and yang um, how, how big is it the yin and, like, and yang not the cat how, how big is the squirrel fox <laughs> things like
0: they are tiny so they're like oh, okay house cat sized hmm. yeah yeah small house cat sized kind of like that one um, got it and we were trying to think of names for it but like snowball is too common and hmm. like think what's a fun name and then my significant other looks over and is like what about tundra and I'm like why didn't That's... I think of that at all?
3: <laughs> you already had the pet named Tundra in right? our
2: game. Yes,
0: but it just didn't occur to me. So yeah, th- now that Squawks is going to take on strange personality traits that it didn't have before, like attacking my feet, for example. Uh huh. <laughs>
4: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's
0: adorable. He's got the little tiniest like, like, like. And he's got a huge purring engine. So mm-hmm. you just he lays on your lap, you put your hand on it and it sounds like a 747's flying over the house.
1: Oh, has got He's wonderful. All the all the appropriate standard equipment for a cat. Sounds like <laughs> You're ready to move Finely forward. a
0: tuned man. cat. It's dangerous what? to go alone. Take What
3: this. what's your your other cat is uh, River, right?
0: River, yes. Um you know, it, it actually is fitting, and yeah, River may yeah, also need to make an appearance because uh, River got their name from another futuristic sci-fi property. Uh, uh, I've never heard of it. No, no. Prob- probably
1: got canceled really quickly. It yeah,
0: was it was fun. probably so bad it got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It would never be beloved by millions of people or anything. Stupid. <laughs> Sad. Let's go make right. another
1: X Man movie instead.
0: I mean, <laughs> oh, oh no!
4: no. Oh, I can, hear, I can hear
1: lawyers drafting letters now. <laughs> 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 I receive a sternly worded cease and desist. Uh, yeah.
0: I definitely didn't just casually avoid dropping the name of that for any such reasons. <laughs> yeah. We're just the, being careful, covering our bases. We're, we're
3: fine. the The name's fine. We can say the name. <laughs> it's Star Wars, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's okay. what
3: I was
0: thinking. Probably.
1: finger on the pulse of pop culture. <laughs> 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 that's that. That's the Star Wars movies that these crazy kids are all going to do nowadays. I seen it. I tells you
0: Richard just put on like forty years right there.
1: Yeah, you crazy kids, get off my lawn! I need my warming drink.
3: <laughs> get off my asteroid belt, kids! <laughs> I wanna s- okay, can can we uh, can we introduce? I'm gonna request this now, Adam. I want to see what an SRO's extended family looks like because I want to meet Grandpa 5e.
2: He can role play all of them s- himself. Yeah, by yeah, my
4: shirt. <laughs>
0: Grandpa yeah, my- 5e was born six generations before, and he was made like 20 minutes before this SRO. There's like servos. several generations in quick succession. My
1: servos just don't work the way
0: they used to. I could use a little bit of a lube job. Oh gosh. No, he was programmed to be old. <laughs>
3: He's a senior therapy <laughs> droid. He's got to be able to relate to those elderly He can relate, folks. but he
0: cannot remember what everyone was talking about 15 seconds later.
3: Oh, there's probably a mark. It's kind
0: of sad.
2: This. It's like it's it a is. little bit depressing.
0: <laughs> well, they just it's like they an only Alzheimer's installed. Therapy droid. Yeah, they only installed like this much memory, just the tiniest bit. <laughs> so he's running on like, a Commodore 64. It's cut. And you know that's his name, Commodore. This, Number Here is
1: 512 megabytes, Adam. 512, and that is enough for anyone.
0: <laughs> it's more than I've ever, ever used in my life, personally.
1: <laughs> oh God, are we going to play um, a game?
2: All right, yeah. Are we? What, what are we doing, Adam? Is are we starting off podcast? where we left off? This, this, this is not the, is the podcast.
3: podcast. <laughs> we talk about how we're getting old. Uh huh. You know, pop culture oh, no, is no, passing no, no. us by. We reference TV shows
0: that are 15 years old and think we're hip. Absolutely. (laughs) And, like, you just referenced the fact that I'm going to have to, like, put pictures on Twitter. I've never used a Twitter. What's a Twitter?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You will learn. These are the ways. I will
0: learn. I will learn so I can talk to uh, fabulous, charming, wondrous listeners. Please Mm -hmm. like us. Anyway, speaking of which, why don't we go ahead and get this thing started then? Now that we've left off on that note, and Tundra, I'm gonna need to move you out the way for a second. No, no, there's Kitty <laughs> again. It's not his screen time yet. Okay, okay. he's gotta wait That's for fair. the queue. It's all right. All right,
4: I'm gonna die. Uh, Hi. <laughs> not yet. Not
0: yet. Because. First, we're going to have to gather round once again, bask in the glow of the datapad pad as we open the tomes of emergency power once again. Tome 1, Chapter 2. We open on a room with long shadows stretching their tendrils over the arching room of a hollowed hall. There's a profound silence here, disturbed only by the flicker of small fires. Candles line the walls and crowd the room towards its center, creating the effect of a mountainous valley swarmed in torches. Following a winding path through these lights leads to a figure kneeling with bowed head. Their form is covered by an expansive cloak, which stops just short of the candle flames. A long, quiet creak speaks of someone entering the room from behind. Respectful steps approach to the very edge of the candle forest.
4: Most ordained commander, forgive my intrusion, it is for most urgent purpose. Our satellites detected planetary entry from an unknown vessel. Surveillance shows her to have crash-landed at the wasteland's edge pressed up against the walls of Io. Atmospheric imaging finds no such ship in our database. From all this, I conclude it's from another system, just as you foresaw.
0: The kneeling figure rises slowly to their feet.
4: The wretches of the waste will soon pounce upon the husk and scrap and salvage it. (laughs) Cat again.
3: (laughs) Tundra is the new star of this show.
0: Absolutely. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. There's now those those artifacts that you talked about are all over the screen. Let me see if I can find where I was.
4: The wretches of the waste will soon pounce upon its husk. To scrap and salvage. See to it that this ship is recovered intact. Purge those who would desecrate such a holy artifact.
0: Oh. The subordinate's head bows reverentially before replying.
4: I have taken the initiative and sent a platoon to secure the area please forgive my intrusion into your sanctuary i will return to my charge the cloaked figure listens for the
0: quiet to return and in the flickering candlelight their mouth forms a toothy grin
3: oh no
1: i'm sure that has nothing to do with us
3: yeah I'm I gonna call imagine. that guy the Nothing constable, because that's <laughs> that, what that voice invokes for me. What, so what? we're being chased. We're being chased by the constable. What? What? Wrong, wrong shade of lipstick
1: for the army, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh
0: my. Well, let's let's take a step away from that, and we'll take a small step back in time instead. to a crowded space station with a plethora of life forms over two million creatures trying to get by or trying to get ahead we swoop in closer to a sector of the station filled with high-rise buildings, corner stores and touristy downtown areas Standing near one such store down a crooked alleyway is a hovering brain, contemplative, a sleek, sentient robot organism, and a rodent-like Yosoki. You know them as NR5E, Pawns, and Scriff. Hanging above their heads is a metal sign with lounging neon script that reads the Wandering eye the small data pad attached to Scriff's arm blinks into life and a voice chimes in you've arrived i've double checked that this is definitely the place the wondering eye spelled with an o seems like a fun play on words Wandering eye instead of wandering eye. See, huh. the eye is deep in thought instead of lost, just like us. We should head in though. Just know when you're in there, I've got your back. Well, I've got your arm. Also, watch out for that vomit on the ground.
3: Thank you, Captain. <laughs>
0: So you're standing outside this building, and what is uh, what's Cat? Real quick, you made a reference.
3: Cat is my virtual intelligence. It's a so I when I built Scriff, I took I bought a datapad and I gave it the uh, augmented personality or uh, artificial personality. And uh, so Cat is the name of my pers- the personality that lives inside of my data pad. It stands for Cat. It's a techno tool. is a, a recursive uh, acronym.
0: There are absolutely no like IT people in this group. At IT all. people
3: don't play RPGs. No,
1: no, no goodness, There's no. like they're, no they're crossover. Busy, they're too busy huddling around their
0: servers. <laughs>
4: Stroking them gently,
0: <laughs> gathering
1: piles of strange energy drinks.
3: So yeah, Cat is a is a artificial personality uh, that that uh, aids Scriff in his day to day duties.
0: And as you, you might have surmised, is the voice that you just heard coming from that datapad. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> you had come here because you were looking for a ship to get to Broken Rock. And Broken Rock being kind of a pirate haven in the diaspora is not somewhere that ships just travel as their general routes. So you guys have had to search around for a while and after a few less than subtle threats and a lot of grease in the palms, You managed to get an email, a space email back to you that uh, said, you know, meet me at the Wandering Eye. So here you are, you found yourself in front of the Wandering Eye, what
2: do you do now? What type of building is it here? Uh, Just looking at the front door, is there people going in and out? This
0: is kind of down an alleyway a little bit, it's a little off the beaten path but it's still in a fairly good neighborhood, so it's not like you feel overly threatened here. But the door itself has a big uh, tapestry-looking thing hanging on it. It's tie-dye with multiple colors on it, and you can't see in the windows because they appear to be blocked out.
3: Are we expected here? Are we Do we have, like, an appointment?
0: The email you got gave you, like, a general time, so you are expected.
3: Okay, so it shouldn't be too difficult for us to get in.
1: Bobby's going to step directly toward the entrance and see if anyone attempts to impede his progress through the door.
3: And I will uh, follow suit.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to kind of briefly take a pause and see if I can sense any other creatures along the other side. Um, just with the uh, telepathic... It's not Blind Sense. What is what is the specific name for that one?
0: See or is it Blind Sense?
2: Reaching out
0: telepathically to feel mm-hmm. other minds.
2: Yeah, I want to see if there's just any like guards in the immediate vicinity or people standing like right behind it.
3: What, what
0: is just this for a ability?
2: second. Uh, it's or the contemplatives yeah they have a like a telepathic link i think it's within 30 feet around them that they can sense other uh, minds of creatures
3: that is so cool
0: that's really useful i'm just going to have to put all of my worst villains 35 feet behind doors <laughs> <I> mean, that <laughs> Wow. Is, that, that is, that is what i expected a giant uh, floating
1: brain to have to be there
0: right no that's a super cool ability
3: yeah if you could just like put any enemies within 30 feet of pawns just on the map, that'd be really great. Thanks. <laughs> noted. Noted. So you... Now, is, wait, wait, real quick. Is it is it blind sense or blind sight? Because blind, blind sight, sense. you can actually fight with it. Like, if you were to get blinded, mm-hmm. it would be as if you could see them perfectly clear.
0: Yeah, don't contemplatives mm-hmm. use their mind to do their surrounding senses anyways? Yeah, it's no, called... they,
3: they have like dark vision as well so they have eyes
2: hmm.
3: it's a uh... little beady teeny tiny ones. Uh, yeah so it's, it's, it's called blind sense blind sense, blind sense. yeah mm-hmm. okay okay so you can sense the thoughts of beings within 30 feet that's really neat
0: so you reach out the tendrils of your mind into this building and you feel that there is one mind near enough for you to touch it. It doesn't seem to be directly behind the door. It's somewhere within the shop.
2: Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, I'll take it that they're at least not guarding or or ready for an ambush if we just walk in here. So, I'll, I'll follow the other's suit as well.
0: You know, okay. like most corner stores, armed guards waiting to ambush anyone who comes in.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I said it was a uh, a store. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense then. <laughs> <laughs> what
3: what kind of stuff do they sell here? Well,
0: Bivy, you opened the door and started to head in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So as you step into this small shop. Your senses are assaulted by an almost choking amount of burning incense. The walls and floors are lined with hanging charms and brightly colored rugs and healthy plant vines that intertwine with the colorful tapestries, creating this mosaic of life and fabric all of it illuminated by black lights that lend an almost ethereal quality to your surroundings.
4: Hmm.
0: Rounding the corner and ducking under hanging trinkets and reaching flower petals, you find what is presumably the front counter. It's a little hard to tell around here. On the desk is trailing streams of incense smoke rising and swirling. And behind them, an almost skeletal figure is tending tenderly to numerous plants that are hanging. The creature looks more like... It looks like conjoined vines itself, kind of like the surrounding. It almost blends in. And... I think I know what this is. Think you know what it is? Got an idea? Yeah.
3: Jeff knows what this is.
0: <laughs> and a lean figure with stretching limbs and a body cumulating in a seed pod kind of head that gives the appearance of a lantern. What? Is standing yes. there. And so these, it's got like a spotlight out of its face? It kind of looks like it. It, it doesn't huh. glow light, but it mm-hmm. kind of looks almost like a bulb, but you can see like seeds through the transparent skin of the head. Oh, cool. And these vestigial vines are reaching up from its back to the ceilings and pouring water on thirsty buds that open in violent or violet petals.
3: Violent petals. Violent petals. The petals
0: start attacking. (laughs) Roll for initiative whoa oh God. That's, that escalated quickly <laughs> this being turns to you and waits with a tranquil air so if you guys wanted to know more about this thing then you could give me yeah. a roll uh, a yeah, culture kinda... roll would probably be appropriate
3: oh yeah because Scriff is so good at culture uh, I am not trained in culture, so I can't actually roll.
0: Mm. I am... Let's see. Alright, what you got for me? Oh, uh, I
1: get a massive 10, and that's actually a natural one. Although I don't think that matters <laughs> on... It um, shouldn't matter on a skill check. That's a no, pretty no. good cultural
3: bonus, though. <laughs> yeah,
2: plus no, 9. plus at,
0: nine, it's impressive. At yeah. level 1? That's pretty good.
2: At, uh, how about yeah, you, Kwan's? I'd like to make one, too. I think my initial reaction is wondering if all these instances are going to go straight to my head. Uh, but <laughs> it's, I'll do a culture check as well. And... Oh, that should have rolled for me.
0: Uh, one second. Sorry about that. This thing is just kind of... Oh, sorry. My first one was Slowly and tending to the vines, touching them gently, making sure they're all perfectly in place, even though you probably can't figure out what their place is amongst mm-hmm. this
2: mess. As was 21 as I'm kind of inspecting Ooh. him and trying to see what he's made out of.
0: Alright, nice. so... by V you've seen these things around on the station, but you haven't downloaded any databases on it. So, it's just, you know, a creature you've seen in passing. Pawns, however, Ever the Scholar, has done a little bit of research on the different creatures that he might encounter in his travels. These are called Khazars. Yes. (laughs)
4: <laughs>
3: oh man, these things are so cool.
0: They're really awesome looking. Like I heavily recommend looking up the art for these guys. They're they look like just this thin mass of intertwining vines that create these gangly limbs, and their limbs reach all the way down to like their, the ground where they have these two little fingers, and then they have like I said these vestigial hanging. Uh, extra limbs that like they're not quite as dexterous as the regular hands but it can still do like simple tasks hmm. and probably carry like small things uh,
2: these so it's guys basically arms like mine in the sense of kind of the wound <laughs> but his is actual vines
1: you know, I'm imagining yeah. like a sentient hanging plant basket
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, <laughs> in some ways yeah. yeah and then it's got that head which is uh, they got the nickname of lantern folk by people who would look at them and be like yeah that's exactly what that looks like Mm. Uh, they are super into communing with nature they have literally gone to wars to protect planets that have like a thriving natural environment That's so so they're they're really rad and they're also these like just really interesting creatures.
3: They're they're like if uh, if you wanted to play Groot in Starfinder, this is who yes. you would pick, absolutely. Oh, okay, except you know with a lantern for a head.
4: <laughs>
0: Yeah, as mentioned though, I don't think it lights up because that would just make the worst character to try to stealth through places as.
3: <laughs> Maybe they can control it. They can, like, dim the lights. <laughs> they <laughs> have a, a little line that just, like, it's <laughs> like a little switch.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: so this thing turns and just kind of patiently waits for the three of you to do what you're going to do.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna like, kind of a wiggle uh, a little like arm thing at it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a little teeny how? one. Hello. Um, we are we're looking for passage to Broken Rock. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you?
3: We got an email. Hello. So, as you say this
0: you hear in your mind a response. Oh, good. Because these creatures, like you pawns, use telepathy as their main form of communication. They don't have a mouth, they have a pod seed for a head. And when it responds to you, it responds in your voice, in your head. So it's almost like which one? You know, you're having a conversation with yourself <laughs> okay so it kind of seems to be looking at you pawns and it says inside your head uh, are you the one who got the uh, e- the email what, are you, who, <laughs> uh, what were your names
2: <laughs> y- yeah mm mm-hmm. yeah i'm um... Well, I'm Pons. that's uh, Scriff over there. and We just call him... He, or, he
3: pointed uh, at me. Is is he saying hello?
0: It communicates in your own voice that it wants to know who you are so it can potentially further help you to see if, you know, it can.
4: In, yeah, well.
1: Unit in all 5e. Protective operator.
3: Um, my, my name's Scriff Scriff Dovteo.
0: It looks down under the counter, and vines are holding a data pad kind of askew down there, and it touches it with its long, gangly hands, and then it looks back up at all of you, and says in again your voice, the good captain is waiting for you in the Crimson Room. It reaches back and touches the wall with all the vines behind it, and a yellow glow creeps over the vines in the black light flood, and the wall seems to shift as the vines draw away Oh, pulling a tapestry good. with them, a stairway leading down reveals itself, and the creature stands aside, slowly gesturing
2: for you to enter.
3: Do we, do we go in?
2: I'm going to go pretty fast here. I actually feel like I'm almost like in its like environment, and it could just harm us whenever it wants to, so I'm just going to kind of get out of there. <laughs>
1: okay. I'll head immediately after ponds. Try to at least stay in between Scriff and any danger that may present itself.
3: Alright, yeah, let's do it.
0: The creature bows its head as you begin to descend the stairs. And it says, Welcome and enjoy. And the tapestry pulls back into place behind you. Down the stairs you say, series of hanging curtains of different colors and shades. A haze of intoxicating smoke overwhelms the room's wheezing air purifier. It's trying. It's trying really hard. <laughs> wait, wait is, there's, is it air purifier?
3: Yeah, but it's wheezing. It's like... <laughs> It's,
0: it's trying a to system that circulate out all of this smoke, but it's just, it
2: can't do it. Alright, I'm gonna go, like, to the output of the air purifier and kind of stand by that. If, if it's one of those ones <laughs> that circulates through it, it's like,
4: <sighs> air. Oh, goodness, is, air. Is
3: it, uh, is it malfunctioning, or is it just that it's not properly sized for this facility?
0: It is not properly sized. Like it was never intended to be <laughs> purifying a room with this much smoke. We like went down into a hookah den.
1: Yeah, I was, I was might see
0: some of those vibes in there. Five E is actually
1: Five E wants to activate his olfactory sensors and see if he can analyze the immediate environment for any threats to his organic compatriots. Um, <laughs> would that be a perception?
0: Yeah, go ahead and give me perception for that.
1: All right. For my robot smell! Oh, a mighty seven. I got one higher on the die than last time. Two's better than one. <laughs> we'll
2: so. Slowly get there.
0: Well, you're aware that extended smoke inhalation is bad for bioorganic creatures. <laughs> Be
1: careful, masters. Uh, repeated exposure to carbon monoxide could have some nasty effects on your breathing and your heart rate.
3: Thank you, Five E. You Welcome.
0: look down the hall and at the end you see the crimson curtain. There are a few others hanging before there. There's a jade room, a velvet
2: room, and a crimson room. Alright. Right, so as in, there's, there's curtains with all different of those colors, or...?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's large curtains that are mm-hmm. hanging down, separating these three different rooms down the hallway.
1: We okay. were, I believe, directed toward the Crimson Room.
2: Yeah, could I, could I do the same thing, possibly, as I was working on earlier, and see if there's other guests in those rooms without disturbing them?
0: Sure. Now, does this require perception check, or is this just an inherent thing that happens all the time?
2: Yeah, so I, it doesn't have a whole lot under the description of so it. Uh, so sense, it's going to be under blind sense. Yeah,
3: blind sense, it, it's like being able to uh, percept people with an imprecise sense, like mm-hmm. hearing, for example.
2: Yeah, so I'd say that um, probably warrants maybe a perception maybe a role. Little
3: bit, maybe a little bit more advanced than it, because you can have blind sense hearing. Um, so it would be like a person who has a very advanced uh hearing sense except his with thought
2: mm-hmm.
0: alright well we'll see if you know you try to use it for finite things if I have you mm-hmm. do a roll but in a place like this with only a few curtains between you and what's beyond you absolutely sense several other creatures there's several within each of the rooms as far as you can tell
2: like to peek into the other ones.
0: Alright, which room do you want to peek into? The Velvet Room, the Jade Room, or the Crimson Room?
2: Let's do the Jade Room.
3: As you go into there, I'm like, Ponce, I don't think we're supposed to go in there.
2: I just, I just, uh, I'm just gonna get a slight peek really quick. Ponce, that is not the
1: location of our appointment.
2: I don't want to disturb them. peek
0: in, and you like, use your Little hand to kind of like pull it away just a little bit so you can peek in there. Mm -hmm. You see a group of these shrimp like creatures gently floating in the room. They have these tendrils that are attached to this pipe in the center and they seem to be floating almost lazily and one bounces into another and they just kind of.
4: Slowly oh, so drift
0: in the other direction.
2: Okay, yeah. smoke uh, kind of pours out of their little <laughs> shrimp mouths. It's gonna turn back. And be like, yeah, there's there's nothing to see in there. Uh, let's go to the other one. <laughs> little little peek.
0: Okay, you're heading to the Velvet Room.
2: Yes.
3: Your curiosity is going to get us killed, but let's do it. I'll be very
2: careful. <laughs> If I need to roll stealth. I'll do it stealthily. I'm ready. <laughs> Five E times
0: to, to says
1: this course of action seems highly inadvisable.
0: Uh, you can roll stealth if you'd like to, or you can kick down the curtains and.
2: No, 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 no. Kick down the curtains. 14. Kick <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> down, like, poke it gently and then be like, this isn't working. And just
4: <laughs> toss it to the side
2: <laughs> of my little mind.
3: vestigial limbs just like
1: a, a psychic sneaker
3: it's kit. like
2: it's, it's gonna be like the ultimate like trying to pull the uh the curtain thing the right way and you're just like it's not working and then you just yank it as hard as you can they're like ah <laughs> 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 it's like a kid trapped in the blinds uh-huh. <laughs> or in the curtains
0: okay so you said 14 on your stealth roll right yeah mm-hmm. all right so you pull apart this curtain enough that you can peer in and you see what looks like a young adult sitting on a chair across from this striking old man with a hawkish long nose and these really intense wide eyes. Oh, and he looks up from no his papers on the desk uh-huh. and smiles impishly at you for a second before the curtain as if on its own closes itself in front of you when the curtain waves back open for a moment the room is empty
3: hmm. what
2: well there's Ooh. there's nothing in that room or if there was <laughs> they're they're gone oh. must be a back door
1: I'm really glad I didn't follow you
3: well we're not here to go down that way our door is the crimson curtain
2: ah yes yes all well, let's let's proceed with that one then
0: all right who goes to that curtain
1: um fivey is going to walk on up to the crimson curtain because he wants to pull it aside and survey the area to determine whether there are any threats in the immediate vicinity
0: All right, you pull open these curtains, and when you pull them aside, you see an insect-esque creature sitting with crossed legs. They have these orb-shaped eyes that take you in as you enter, and a line of teeth that runs down their neck, leading to this heavy leather coat they are holding a data pad in one hand kind of looking at it lazily and under those arms is a second set of arms that are artificial you notice right off the bat one of them is holding a simmering rolled up leaf they tilt their head and their nose antennae sway with the movement and once again, if you wanted to give me a culture check, you can find out what this creature is.
3: Can I? Can I do? Uh, what, oh shoot! I don't even have life science. I was gonna say, could I do life science? But I don't even have that. Wow! Another nat one for a
4: ten. Oh no!
0: <laughs> you're gonna have to update your databases because you're just like walking around.
4: What is that? What is that?
0: <laughs> oh no!
3: Come on, pawns. Was a 16.
0: 16. Okay. Not, Not bad. great, but all right. Not bad. These things are also fairly common around here, so you'll know what it is. This is a Shirin. Shirin's very oh. common in the Pact Worlds area, which you guys happen to be in. And yeah, there are these they have fly-like faces with these little antennae that come up and these they kind of look like
3: centipedes to me
0: they do kind of look mm. like centipedes and they have like these jaws that have like teeth coming down from them that then extend down the neck Yeah, and they're really interesting they oh, I'd love to tell you more about them right now but tell 16's me tell only me what gonna like. get ya... you give me
3: more of that physical description
0: well, I gave you a lot of that when you guys walked in the room.
2: So you said they had so normal arms, well, normal yeah. for it, and then robotic ones underneath? Right. Are that, they bigger, or are they like the same style as the other arms?
0: They're of similar shape, and you know that forearms is not particularly common to shirin's, nor is, like, necessarily body modifications. Mm -hmm. But this one seems to have gone to great lengths to Have a few extra helping hands as it were.
2: Okay, Uh, I'll at least update um, Both my companions here that uh, They are you said a Shirin. Yes. Yeah, and that they're they're decently common around here But I don't know much more than that?
0: Why don't you go ahead and give me a perception roll?
1: like Bobby would definitely be looking for the same so I'm going to drop one for him as well absolutely
3: that's a, that's a 17 17
1: 16 so beats me.
0: all right you notice that there is a pistol strapped to their left hip but they don't seem to be in an aggressive position and they're certainly not reaching for it as you come in
4: all right
1: then I am going to look at the shear and then say, Good day, gentle person. We're here seeking oh, yeah. passage to Broken Rock.
3: Are you the one that emailed us? Sit. I see you got my message. Tell
0: me about yourselves. Tell me why you want to go to Broken Rock.
2: I'll, yeah, I'll grab a seat.
3: 5
1: sits is requested very stiffly
2: I'm I'm gonna allow my body to kind of dangle on whatever chairs are available as I'm still basically floating but everything else is just kind of folded into pieces like (laughs) yeah (laughs) just just like yoga kind of but just folds into a pretzel shape
0: much like the hookah lounge that you guys kind of described earlier there are like cushions and pillows that are just kind of lying around the room so you guys can make yourself comfortable in there
2: I'll put a pillow, like kind kinda just cling it to the back of my head and then prop it up against a wall. I I I love the
0: imagery of pawns. (laughs) Just like (laughs) the the simplest things take so much effort. Yeah. 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 Alright, so yeah. She just kind of leans back a little bit with her legs still crossed. And kind of waits for you to tell her exactly why you would want to go to a place like Broken
3: Rock. I'll, uh, I guess I'll start. So, Scriff will uh, kind of shuffle his uh, self over into a seat and say, I I need the money. Need, not. I'm willing to do something risky. Whatever it takes... I need funds for my research. She gives a little nod
0: and what equates to a small smile kind of plays at the corner of her large teeth. And she says, there's nothing wrong with trying to get a little credits here and there we're all just trying to get by but I'm not sure what a SRO would need with credits so what brings you here
1: well whatever course of action furthers Master Scriff's needs furthers my own you see his research is very important to me
0: Ah, so you're his bodyguard.
1: For all intents and purposes, yes, that's correct.
0: I see.
3: Scriff will give him a little bit of a side glance as he says that not really uh, 100% approving of the, the relationship that uh, is being denoted there.
2: Uh, is there are they also inhaling something from like a table in this room or so they had that what is it, essentially amounting to a
0: rolled up cigarette in their hand okay which, yeah they'll occasionally take drags from during this conversation
4: hmm.
2: she
0: does so as she looks over at you pawns
2: mm-hmm
0: and what is a contemplative doing all the way out here?
2: Yeah, well, it, everywhere else I've gone has been kind of, I don't know, standard, run-of-the-mill, not, not too exciting. So I'm looking for more cultured experience, if you would, would call it that. Uh, I hope to study some of um, the more underside of... this multiverse and gain a deeper perspective into what creates other beings and their motivations.
0: Now, why doesn't everyone go ahead and give me a persuasion role? And all of you can assist, you know, you can decide who you want to be the leader, and then everyone can assist because you all had input on this thing What hmm. order do you
1: mean Diplomacy
0: I definitely don't play 5e at all <laughs> Yes please give me a Diplomacy But,
1: but I do <laughs> I, I do have
2: Diplomacy, diplomacy. does anyone oh, else know?
1: I have A charisma bonus That's like diplomacy right I, Yeah I don't <laughs> think I have
2: <laughs> nothing Okay, then maybe I should do it. I I I have have skill points in it. That's what I have. I don't have any charisma, but I have skill points in it. Is that right?
0: Okay, so
4: (laughs) I imagined you have
0: something. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, Who's who's gonna be the lead on this thing?
3: I'm not taking the lead. I have nothing in diplomacy.
2: I've been rolling well.
1: Hans does kind of feel like the talker for the group, so yeah, I'm good with him being lead and, and assisting.
3: Okay. And uh, unfortunately, I also cannot assist uh, in providing a plus two, because I rolled less than ten.
4: Oh, it, it, it,
0: not, it, no. That's a great start. Okay, how about you, 5e?
1: Oh, I only pulled a twelve on that.
0: Alright, that, that's an assist. All you have to do is beat a ten, and you get a oh, plus okay. two that you can give to the Main talker, and now all we're gonna need need is the main talker himself, Pawns, the man with the mini mouth. That was a nine. (laughs) was a nine. For a grand total of
2: eleven. Wonderful. All right. (laughs) Better than that? Uh, No, same as average. Completely average.
0: All right. The the Sheeran leans back once again and says, ah, I've, I've been a bit rude. I, I failed to introduce myself. My name is Captain Isban Espa. And as much as I would love to believe that you're simply travelers looking to better yourself in this galaxy, I have to take a bit of precaution before we can go any further. So she reaches into a pocket and pulls out a couple injectors and sets them down on the table. What is this? Well, for people such as myself, I can't simply have people like Station Security or some other law enforcement personnel coming in and trying to lay very completely false accusations on me. So, I'm going to have to ask you to partake in... Have you ever heard of Dream Shiver?
2: is that like when you have a really good dream
0: a really bad dream
2: or probably not I don't think I have
1: would that be a medicine check
0: if you wanted to know a little more about it yeah you could roll a medicine check
1: alright 5e pulls a 23 for that
2: or or is that like when you dream about the best tasting food that you've ever had
0: (laughs) she kind of leans her head to the side again and gives another one of those crooked smiles oh that's probably what it is Um, Dream Shiver 5 V. that was a pretty good roll so Dream Shiver is a narcotic it's a common-ish but it's not exactly something you're gonna find just you know by a prescription drug salesman to be sure uh, it is very strong, and it is known to cause hallucinations, and it is very addictive.
2: Okay, yeah, Pon def- definitely heard "Dream Sugar" the first time, so he was—he oh. was very confused.
3: Is—is <laughs> is this a illegal substance?
2: It is a highly illegal
3: substance. That makes sense. Now, do I know the origins of this substance?
0: It's a process that was lost during the Gap, but it was kind of rediscovered post-Gap, and it's, it's a substance that is refined from these spiders, shiver spiders, and they take the toxins, refine it, and put it into an injector, injection for your enjoyment.
1: Do <laughs> you organics have fun with that?
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: so <laughs> you know, when when uh, Captain Ysben Espa uh, suggests this, I'm going to say, well, that may work to clear your suspicions about meat and pawns, but what about the SRO?
0: well if he is your bodyguard as you cringes at that (laughs) association have stated then I feel his partner taking dream shiver would be enough to keep to keep everything in check I think
1: if it a laser concerns Captain Ezber, uh, I am currently an automin- autonomous robotic organism. My programming does not oblige me to observe any particular laws or report legal activity, and so others' consumption or sale of Shiver is totally irrelevant to me. Uh, I'm also quite interested in some of the potential medicinal benefits of Dream Shiver. It's a pity the situation that the spider farmers find themselves in nowadays. In the determination of my logic circuits they'd be better helped by decriminalization and regulation than any heavy-handed enforcement tactics so you'll find no trouble from me
0: <laughs> uh, okay go ahead give me a a roll for that please
4: uh diplomacy. diplomacy
0: absolutely that's an
4: 18.
0: Ooh. my pro-legalization robot <laughs> I can't consume it but I
3: abide exactly so 5e or uh, Scriff not uh, not quite understanding what Captain Espa is laying down is going to say ah I understand and it's going to take Two doses, oh, one for no. him and one for Five E.
4: <laughs> oh my goodness! checked both of them. The oh.
0: cojones on this, Yasoki.
3: All right, um, and I'm hopefully gonna... <laughs> that will also allay any suspicions. But it was actually a misunderstanding.
2: <laughs> that, that just like brings me back, Adam, to the famous phrase in a different campaign of, I down it.
4: <laughs> just
3: <laughs> so I'll take I'll take my dose and I'll take Five E's dose. Ooh. okay. So you take the
0: two injections on the table, and like you see their brow furrow just a little bit as you pick them up, and you just like give it one of these at the same time on each arm, just like stab into. <laughs> oh.
3: Oh it's, oh it's strong it's really strong I do not advise this
0: <laughs> I admit I've never seen anyone do two doses at once I'm, I'm impressed and your legal arguments are impressive as well SRO so- simply
1: common sense
0: Griff is like (laughs) absorbing this into his veins. (laughs) And as you are looking at this Shirin, their face starts to contort in these psychedelic, trippy shapes. It's like pulling away and getting way too close. And the the room starts to spin.
3: can you stop the half of your head from spinning? Cause it's making me dizzy.
1: Master Scriff, I don't believe that that was a medicinal grade dose you just took.
3: Oh, I, I'm not feeling so good. And he just passes out.
2: Uh, I, I would like to hand the other dose to Five E, and let's say Could could you get the like? I can't quite reach. Get it, get it right, probably there. Kind of just pointing to the side of my head.
1: Very well, Master Pons. Uh, do hold still. I don't want to put this in the wrong part of your medulla oblongata.
2: Ah, Oh, that's okay. There's not much feeling up there anyway.
1: <laughs> Alright, I fire the injector into Ponza's brain. Or all well, right. just, you know, Pons.
0: <laughs> into all of Pons. Yes. All right, now, you, you might notice that I did not have anyone roll fortitude saves on these things, and that's because that was actually something that we, we took care of beforehand. They didn't know exactly what was happening, but I had them do some saves. So, yeah, this dream shiver courses through your mind, Pawns. And you start to understand why Scriff is saying these weird things as you also start to see some weird changes in your reality. But you manage to maintain your consciousness. And the captain starts, like, a, a low kind of small chuckle, like and then it kind of builds to a hearty laugh as they kind of like watch you guys reacting and she's definitely just looking at Scriff, (laughs) like, nose up in the air, whiskers askew.
2: I definitely imagine like it, it starts kind of high pitched and then at the end the laugh is just like this
4: ah, ah, ah. Just like, we're just out of it this is fine
0: <laughs> Richard just brought up a handmade sign says this
3: is fine
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think this is where the uh, the hallucinations start from last episode where we saw Scriff on the couch With his uh, siblings. This is where that begins.
1: (laughs) You kids who were paying attention last time and heard us mention addiction, now you know
3: what's happening. Oh, yeah. Time now. All right, so
0: the captain, like I said, laughs. And, like, through these tears that start coming to their, like, multiple eyes, they mention that there's something on board the ship that could potentially help with this poor Yusoki, and that she'll see you at the ship tomorrow, and she gives you the dock information. She gives you the ship number and is well-convinced that you guys are not
2: station security. Wait, this is going to last from more than a day for Scriff? yes. (laughs) Oh, my
3: gosh. So the effects
0: will only... (laughs) last so long, but uh, the addiction oh, okay. that now has taken hold of Skriff will last quite a bit I'm longer. I'm
3: addicted. Uh, oh. Yeah, so the he passes out for like four hours. But yeah, uh, I'm now addicted to Dream Shiver, guys. Hmm. One
1: is this episode basically just going to shake out to be fear and loathing in the diaspora?
3: Can't go here. This
1: is backcountry.
0: I wish I had thought of that. That would have been amazing. It also would have been a whole lot easier to just rip off another intellectual property and rewrite it. But no, (laughs) this is a custom campaign! That's (laughs) right.
1: All original. No tropes.
0: Alright, so as Scriff lies unconscious, head back, nose in the air, kind of leaning against 5e, we're going to move through time in a stream of incense and narcotic smoke passing through the smoke of a den to the smoke of a burning spacecraft the corpses of small vicious space goblins that assaulted the crew lie motionless on the ground at the feet of the passengers of the stella delar a strong wind has begun to pick up, buffeting the bodies with grains of sand. And Pons floats back from the group in the ship, drawing from his backpack a personal audio data recorder.
2: So, yeah, Pons is just a little bit away from the group here um as as he pulls out this like little recorder log one day one uh, upon the stall at the lar toward broken rock station we just jumped out of light speed when my headache just acted up again i was able to find adequate material board to scratch my frontal lobe and temporal lobes alleviating some of this some of my pestering pain <laughs> i noticed the cargo ship violently shake when the Captain Bug Lady announced that we had taken fire. This confirmed my suspicion that ships shouldn't feel so unstable when coming out of the drift. From inside my containment shelter, I heard a 5E and the the Mouse Man's Scriff talking about finding an escape pod? Uh, However, we continued to take fire and uh, eventually we warped back into light speed. Obviously, had taken too much damage. Our, our ship basically became a tin can in a tube sock as darkness and the, the ripping of metal flooded my peripherals. I heard Scriff mumbling about choking cheddar. Uh, I theorize this is probably one of the names of his siblings. Uh, due to the fondness in his, his tone. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. Uh Next thing we were, I remember, we were on land with our ship up in flames with a light overhead cast of a bluish hue on the sediment. After coming to our senses, we immediately were ambushed by three small space goblins. The ensuing fight was a serious series of unfortunate events, as the smoke made it very difficult to perceive the enemies. After Scriff tried petting the goblins to death, I was able to reduce the foe's <laughs> brain to mush with my psionic powers. As the smoke cleared, a strange being in the distance decided to wave hello with an arm I believe not to be as of his own. (laughs) Uh, 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 The creatures of this planet are strange. I I, I don't believe we're we're very safe here. Log date. One. Out.
1: That's just a Klingon hello. Nothing to worry about. (laughs)
3: Our first uh... glimpse into the mind of (laughs) (laughs) Pawns.
0: Why don't you guys go ahead and give me a perception to see if you overhear him talking into this recorder. Oh, man.
2: Ooh,
1: 22.
3: Uh, 17.
0: Is there anything you would like to add to the pawn's recap? The pawn's no. ponderings, if you will.
4: It's it yeah was there anything
2: I said wrong or you wanted to add
1: I don't think so I mean you might have glossed a little bit over my own contribution to bonking goblins but I'm not (laughs) going to to argue too much I mean
4: Skriff's
3: Skriff's gonna come up from behind and be like "Oh, it's uh, the cheddar chokehold
2: cheddar chokehold (laughs) (laughs) just get that down
1: Master Pons, if you'd like me to begin recording video and audio feeds of all of our escapades, I could ascertain that your logs will be a little bit closer to absolute veracity in the future.
2: No, no, it's quite all right. It's just an old habit. Uh, I I prefer them to be in my own voice and, yeah, do it on the fly.
1: Very well, recording disabled.
2: Ah, so are we? Are we going to follow that guy?
3: well, I don't think I actually noticed them. My, I recall my perception was pretty low. Yeah, mine was pretty rocking, though. I, I think I'm the one that picked that up, mm. and
1: pointed out to yeah. you, if not. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, if this, you this, recall, it, it this being was in the fire that was just raging on top of the Stella Delar, and you saw it for just a flicker of a second, and then it appears to have vanished. You can look around if you want, because as the you know Pons was doing his recording, the, the flames on the Stella Delar started to subside a little bit, revealing the true extent of the damages.
3: Well I think first thing we should do is uh, salvage anything that we can from the wreckage and from the goblins, because we might have to make quite a long trek to get to any kind of civilization. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that this ship is not in any kind of repairable condition. Is that correct? You can give me an engineering role if you'd like. I would love to give you an engineering role, because I'm actually fairly decent at that. 19! Nice.
0: Okay. I've put a... Box of goblin loots on the map for you. Ooh. There, you can go ahead and open oh. that up. See what you got. Well,
1: yeah, I bet there's lots of really, really cool stuff in the goblin loot. Cause <laughs> goblins are known for their high culture and artisanry.
3: Look, we've got unstable junk lasers for everyone, and dog slicers, and dog <laughs> slicers. oh, hey, so we got some standard batteries. Okay. Let's take a, one of those. Yeah, those are
2: probably useful. <laughs> I,
3: I
1: will take a battery, actually. So, fun fact: the dog slicer is the one-handed weapon, and the uh-huh. two-handed goblin weapons are called horse choppers.
0: Yeah, that's... <laughs> so creative. Are there space
4: horses? Yeah, space This
0: horses. is the the space horse chopper. Space horse chopper. <laughs>
3: that's a... New band name. <sighs> I called it.
0: <laughs> is is that the name of this group? You guys are the space horse choppers. No,
2: no, no. 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 No, no, no I do do love they're like ooh, uh, there's items batteries. those are the best thing in this whole place. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess we should take the other stuff and try you and know, sell I
1: will it. I will take one unstable junk laser just in case it becomes useful in some way later.
0: Yeah and you know the dog slicers, despite their ridiculous names are basically just like small one-handed weapons. So if you guys yeah. need something along those
2: lines, would not that allow me choice? to yeah would that allow me to do damage if i run into the circumstance like i did earlier where i didn't have a, a weapon on hand right yes. yeah okay. you
0: you attacked with archaic damage which is I attacked it doesn't my get brain. through modern armor and so dog slicers would actually cut through okay.
1: that really a dog slicer is not considered archaic that's interesting i know right
2: to me. <laughs> hmm. uh, do i just drag and drop Yep. Yeah, yeah, from from the loot crate to
1: your inventory. Okay.
0: Once again, the ease of use through Foundry Virtual Tabletop. Thank you, Foundry Virtual turch- Foundry Virtual <laughs> Tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Foundry, foundry Virtual Virtual Tabletop. Bagel Top.
3: top. Is... Oh man, I want some bagels now. <laughs> Why would you do this? <laughs> Is anyone going to take this battery? I got one of them. Where am I supposed to find bagels at this hour? script <laughs> S- 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 did you want this other battery? Uh, I already grabbed one. Did Okay, did, did, I'll take did, it. But I'll, t- I'll take it if no one uh, wants
0: it. I don't know if Everyone I need one. roll fortitude against wanting bagels. If you,
3: uh,
1: <laughs> Coop, if you've got a, a, an energy <laughs> weapon, chances are good that it requires batteries as ammo. Yeah, uh, it's usually, uh, unless
0: yes. it's like a... Um, uh, kinetic one which fires just regular bullets then yeah, yeah the ballistic, ballistic okay
1: yeah because you're using a semi-automatic tactical pistol and mm-hmm. that does take bullets rather than the batteries okay. uh, i'll take okay. the other one if nobody else needs it then yeah cause... i've got
3: three batteries now i'm good oh, okay, Never mind.
1: Good okay.
0: so you guys start looting these goblins and taking what little useful items they have which With their junky outfits, it's surprising that you guys even managed to get that much off them. But it also gives you more time to kind of look at the surroundings now that the fires really started to die down.
1: I was wondering if I could even just toss out a survival check to see if I could determine a trail of that thing we saw in the flames.
0: Go ahead and give me a survival check, absolutely. Alrighty. While you do that, I'm just gonna tell you kind of the surroundings. Okay, survival 19. Ooh, nice. So as you look at the wreck of the Stella Dolar, you notice that it's missing just large chunks. They seem like they've been just shorn off the sides, and it's wedged up against a massive metallic structure that's now really coming into view now that the smoke is not hazing everything. The area that impacted into this large structure has been crumpled in and the only thing that looks like it's still more or less intact is the ship's nose. And as you look along the length of this metallic behemoth structure your line of sight just goes out to the horizon following this thing on both of its outstretching directions and to the sky it looms with this kind of curving silhouette and a large jagged crack reaches down like right where the ship is wedged up against it It's at this time that 5e's systems finish processing data from observations made before the fight, as well as the survival check that he just made right now. There are scarce pieces of information that you've kind of been able to put together. Your your readout says, Environmental data. Habitable planet with... Moderate temperatures. Potential danger of localized dust storms. Astrological data reads, Input compared to stored star maps. System not found. Further input required.
4: Hmm.
0: One last piece of information that will kind of come from the survival check is when you were in that fight, you remember one goblin turned towards the open desert and seemed to yell out towards it you know you couldn't really see it yelling at anything but it did make a call out towards Mm -hmm. the emptiness as far as looking for footprints where are you looking exactly
1: hmm Let's see, the goblins came at us from the southeast, correct? Because they were attacking us up the embankment? Yes, correct. All right. Then I'm probably checking. Let's see.
3: Probably the direction they came, right?
0: Well, he's looking for the figure and any prints it might have left as opposed to the goblin. And, so, gotcha, if it, and gotcha. so if it came,
1: um, if it was in the flames, I'm probably scanning around the ship like in an, an arc this way um, and going out to the limits of visibility. Like okay,
0: northwest. so yeah, you're kind of heading around like the, the broken engine and just kind of checking around the perimeter of the ship.
1: Correct. Now, is, is this entire blocked off room sequence here, the, the interior of the broken ship. Okay, I, can, I see what's going on now. And this is the port thruster that's on fire.
0: Right, the rear of the ship is on fire, and again, the nose looks more or less intact. Okay, so, yeah. Then... As you search around looking for any signs of this being that was in the flames, you do find a pair of footprints that lead into mm. a cracked open section of the front shield of the ship. So right mm. near the nose there's just an open area.
1: Okay, you're talking about the gap on the northwest side? Yes. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, right. the one of the entrances is completely just crushed in by the impact, and it's completely impassable. And this seems like the only way you can really find into the ship
2: from here.
3: All right. I would um, like to uh, see if there's anything worth salvaging uh, on on the exterior of the ship.
0: All right. Go ahead and give me another engineering roll. Did I ever answer your first engineering roll?
3: Uh, no. We can use that one if you want. That one was better. <laughs> that one was a 19. Uh, the one I just caught was a 10.
0: All right. Well, fortunately, the question you asked was very related to the first one. So the ship looks absolutely torn apart, and it does not look like it could be easily repaired to be in working order again. And the fires of the electronics in this ship that have just lit up the whole thing have destroyed most of the useful smaller components, at least in the exterior area that you're examining. So there's very little that you could actually pull off and have
3: be useful to you. Is this thing in any danger of, like, exploding? It
0: seems like the explosion has exploded as much
3: as it's gonna explode. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, that, that's probably the most important thing.
4: That makes done. us
1: all feel a lot better, I think.
0: Yeah, it's you can see exploding. that, like, anywhere that contained explosive gases or that, like, those are already ruptured and have contributed to the blaze.
3: Like the drive core isn't just gonna blow or anything if we stick around this ship
0: doesn't seem and... like it from your assessment
3: alright uh, so I'll, I'll I'll notice that 5e seems to have caught on to something 5e do you have something there I'll
1: come back affirmative I'm not certain what star system we're in but I believe that the goblins called for help whether that's connected to the being that I saw on the flames, who can say, but there are trails back here, tracks leading into the nose of the ship. We may need to scan the wreckage for survivors.
3: Does anyone want to take a 10 minute rest before we go in?
1: Uh, I mean, I
3: can if you guys want to. I think all I lost was a little bit of
1: stamina last time, I wouldn't mind being at full.
3: Just my I, my concern is being at level one, we don't have much health. It sure. Doesn't take much to drop us, so I'd kind of rather be at full to go in. Yeah, there. I think you guys
0: I have like your good. highest stamina is like a seven. Yeah, and I know yeah. I know
1: Pawns at one point um has used I think two mind thrusts, so if he can recoup any of his power, it would be
3: good. I don't rest think for a uh, bit. spells come back with with a turn yeah. You need a full
0: long rest to get those precious.
2: All the more reason to be at full health, though. Yeah, I lost four stamina. Yeah, it's like a third of my health.
0: Alright, so everyone sits down, kind of takes stock of the situation, and takes a breather. During this time, again, the the flames continue to subside until there's only a few scant ones remaining on the ship. The winds that are blowing the sands around seem to have put them out fairly well. They've also battered you a little bit while you were resting, but nothing has come out of the sand during this
4: ten minutes. What do you do now? Should we clear the ship first
1: or investigate the disturbance?
2: I I would definitely say that we should clear the ship, although no one's come out of there and Almost 20 minutes. I'd imagine there's not any survivors. Just to be sure, though, in case they're unconscious. Let's clear the ship first. Very well.
3: I
1: will
2: follow your lead.
1: 5e draws his weapons and heads toward the entrance.
2: Yeah, I'll do the same with the pistol. Walking around the thruster over to that little gap.
1: Checking to see. can't really see in there seems like
0: that's the area that is crumpled in on itself the opening is towards the nose of the chip okay we've got to make
1: our way around okay yeah because you said that was the only opening that's near that's near where the tracks are indeed post up here just make sure I don't see anything fishy before I proceed all right
0: looking into the ruptured shielding screen of the cockpit lights flicker dimly and a holographic screen shorts in and out <laughs> there's a little bit of smoky haze within there but as far as you can tell it seems empty
2: oh hello as I'm gonna walk into the center of this first room do i do I sense anyone?
0: You don't sense anyone in the nearby area no but go ahead and mm. as you come into this cockpit, go ahead and give me a perception roll.
2: It's gonna be a fifteen
0: okay. So again, the electronics in this room seem to be functioning in a very limited capacity. There seems to be some energy coming from somewhere. The door in front of you is jammed halfway open. And as you look under the door, you see that there is a trail of dark liquid, leading further into the ship. Oh. And we'll um. see you in chapter three.
4: Oh! oh,
1: okay.
2: oh <laughs> uh, but, but I, I wanted
1: thought, to use life sciences to d- identify the liquid. My first thought was, <laughs> yes. oh no,
2: it is explosive, and then I thought, oh, it'd be blood.
4: Hmm.
1: It's just liquid candy, guys.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I Pause, eat it. Lick
0: it. hi Norm if you found liquid candy on the floor of an exploded spaceship (laughs) thank you very much for once again joining us and we will see you in the next chapter hi
3: when life drains you down charge up on the emergency power network theme song triangles by Diamond Ace Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. Narrated by Jenny Lee Collins.